Launched No Hope, the podcast. Fun dips and a five note range. Good afternoon, everyone. Or well, we, we don't know that they're listening to this in the afternoon. Well, I know. I was trying to start that bit, but it just really yeah. it just really worked that first time, didn't they it? They could have just poured their ninth drink. They're slipping into a blackout. Like. Guten Nacht. I don't even know if that's how you say goodnight. Guten I, Morgen. Guten Morgen and Guten Abend. Guten Morgen. Oh, cool. Guten Abend is good day. But I was thinking like Guten Nacht. If you say that, I think it's a greeting. I don't think it's goodnight like hmm. we say goodnight, which is like goodbye. Interesting. But I don't know if that's true. Okay. Uh, we have a whole introduction about who we are, but it's kind of long, we think, and so maybe we're just going to do it like, you know, every once in a while or every other time or something. In short, we write musicals, we've done so for 16 years, and we like to talk about musicals. Yeah, and you don't know any of them, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you don't have to look us up. You can just <laughs> you can just be judgy. Just know our- that... Just know that we are uh, failures. Failures, flops, flops, and failures. That's our. That will be our uh, autobiography if we write it together. Flops and failures, uh, including our relationship. Because I, one thing we haven't spoken about at all yet. Oh, yeah. is that, that was we, that was the biggest flop of them all. We. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we had a. a, a short-lived but significant relationship and um and it was a, a enormous failure and but we started writing together before it ended and that is why we are here ladies and gentlemen for sure for sure uh but we'll, well and the- then and and signed a lease after we broke up oh god one of to literally extend. one of the <laughs> stupidest decisions that to i extend. think either of us have ever <laughs> for made for another year but the good news is lives. like i pay it forward so every time i'm like uh, i'm talking to a couple who recently are you know have been in the process of parting ways and are contemplating the idea of continuing to live together i'm like been there done it bought the t-shirt like don't do it yeah, I'm like, believe me, I do not say this lightly. Like, it is a terrible decision <laughs> for both of you. So um, we could we could get into some of those stories, yeah. but maybe yeah. maybe first, yeah, first. Well, okay, yeah. I want to ask because I've been trying to think of 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 related questions that are um, still, you know, just like fun and unique, and and so one of them was. We've talked about like what the first musical we ever saw. We've talked about mm-hmm. the first live musical you can remember. So what was your first, could be either, or favorite musical you were in in oh. high school or college? Oof. Well, in college... In college, I went to more of like a classical music conservatory, yeah, so, you didn't do... so we didn't really do musicals, although I was the music director for Blood Brothers there, which is like a horrible musical, like I think 1980s, that... oh. tell me it's not true. It's like, Scott oh, McClain used to listen to that shit, of course. He oh, listened to everything. it's a pile of garbage. And I think we, David like, too, I'm pretty we sure. We had David. the official rights to the show too, and it got sent like in like a manila envelope and was like scraps of scores like it was like barely intelligible and i remember getting it like this is like the purchased like official rights version See, of the here, show yeah. like i had to like actually like write out some like accompanying harmonies and other shit like it was garbage I was and like, you well, know that pretty much sums it up but you know that show ran in london for yeah, like, for, like I forever think, i think like yeah. 20 some years or something yeah. we we uh one time when we were there for Blue Men auditions or something or a gig or something sort of that, we went to this underground like theater sort of bar like speakeasy. Okay. And it was right. It was either below Blood Brothers or right next to Blood <laughs> Brothers. And so there was like a bunch of different people that had been in Blood Brothers. And of course, we yeah. were just like, you know, these outcasts um, in because ter- everybody else there was like London theater. And we were like a blue man group and we were just like throwing down. <laughs> and and it was so fun. I will never oh forget it. But like Blood Brothers. Yeah, it was it was like a huge hit oh, yeah, for it was them. Like a huge hit on the West End. Um, what was that? Uh, now? I'm so on this Blood Brothers 
uh, tangent. I forget what your initial question was. Oh, oh, oh what's the um, favorite musical? Favorite musical first or favorite musical in yeah, high yeah. school? Let's see. I did the Will Rogers Follies. My the first year that I was in the musical, and then which I d- disliked. Um, then West Side Story, of course. Uh, even though like the population of the school was like 99% white. Um, oh my God. So did you in central, in central Indiana? We, so we, needless to say, I was a jet. With I was complexion. not a jet bitch. I was a shark. Yeah. I feel and, like there was like some problematic stage makeup situation going on but like if you had brown hair basically like basically that made you (laughs) spanish or hispanic or latino yeah yeah Yeah. and then like my senior year was damn yankees which i hate that show too um don't know that show and then i did some community theater like bye bye birdie you're asking you're answering way too many questions i I asked you one question question. what and Um, your first or your favorite and you've answered like i don't know what i know well i got excited I did the Who's Tommy in community theater, and that was fun. So I'm going to say that I'm going to I'm going to go with that. Were the you Tommy? Tommy. Oh, please, I have a five note range. No, I was like second dancer to the left. Like, oh, I could see you being like a really interesting like like I was the gypsy. I was actually of, the gypsy you know. queen. The gypsy. I don't. Yeah, oh, there's fuck. like a whole. I've character. seen that musical before. I've seen it twice, I in fact, like, and I can't remember yeah. who that is. I was oh, well. It, you didn't laugh. It was a joke because it's oh. like a over the top, like belty female character, as I recall. I could be oh, totally wrong. With so this. you weren't the gypsy queen. Queen. Okay. No, I feel like I'm questioning now whether that's actually the character name. But I remember there was some <laughs> some big. Wait, was that the Tina belty, Turner role? Like, yeah. Like, oh. Oh, 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 There's some, yeah, it's traditionally, I think it's like an African-American actress usually does. I don't yes. know. I'm like completely pulling all of this I, out of my ass. Okay, we, okay, we'll, we'll, <laughs> this we is like definitely back to that a because, circle back. But, yeah, that's, it's that's like, like, it's like vague community theater production memories from like over 20 years ago. So yeah, and I'm I've like, seen no. that, I've seen that twice on stage. So hmm. I should be able to answer that question. I can't believe I can't, but, yeah. um, Okay, mine was, I think the first musical I ever did was The Wizard of Oz, of course, because I was in Kansas, Kansas and I was yeah. a munchkin and I did not get the mayor and I did not get a lollipop kid. I was just a fucking munchkin, wow. which I deserved. I totally clammed up at the audition <laughs> for the mayor. I wanted that what mayor did, role so badly. Do you remember what you auditioned with? Like, what was your vocal selection? What was your best, like, you know? Bars, 16 bars. Well, I think it was almost always the Rainbow Connection because that was the song mm-hmm. that I was like obsessed with and auditioned for the Pancake Day talent show. Um, <laughs> and I did not get in. My mother uh, still talks about that to this day. How she rude. cannot believe that I was slighted like that. But, um, you know, we all have our journeys, as they say. So I'm going to talk about a musical that I hate. Okay. I'm here for it. Um, I'm curious about your response to this. I think that there are some things I'm going to say, which I I know you're going to disagree with, but I wonder, I don't actually know how you feel about this musical. So here's my little introduction. Um, No doubt. I have heard the same handful of songs that everyone has heard and, and, and knows many times in my life. But my formal introduction to this dreadful musical was the 2008 Broadway revival featuring none other than Patti Lapone. And that musical is Gypsy. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure it was also my live introduction to Miss Lapone's performance. And I sincerely hope I never have the misfortune to see her on stage again, <laughs> unless, and this is truly the only unless she is performing with Bridget Everett, because, you know, Ugh. of course I would watch Bridget Everett do anything. And I, the fact that Bridget loves her so much and her very outspoken politics and dis- disdain for our current president have definitely redeemed her in my mind, at least a little bit. Like, I don't hate her, obviously, and I know she's talented. I just don't get her. It, okay, it's taste. 
So because of that, like there were, and there was there was a couple of other things. Like John also fucking bought the most horrible seats at the St. James Theater, which is an enormous Broadway house. We were like in the third balcony, practically on the last row. And so I was also like just in a bitchy mood because he did not warn me that our seats were so terrible. So that affected my experience for sure. Oof. But I also recently pandemic watched the 1993 made for television film starring Bette Midler. Oh, I watched the hell out of that. Because I wanted to make sure that it was the musical that I disliked and not just the experience or like how I felt about, you know, Patti LuPone um, or, yeah, and the seats and such, 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 such and such. So I rewatched it and, yeah, I realized it was just the musical. Really? Um, no. It was just the musical. You know, this is the thing. Like, I, it's so people, if you don't know, and this is a really rough synopsis, it's based on the true story story of the ultimate stage mother who pushes her daughters to do to be something that they really aren't until one of them sort of stumbles into a career as a striptease artist and becomes huge it's like that's that part really happens so you know i get the fact that it's not an easy story to tell it spans decades it's sort of like three completely different like experiences like it starts off as this like little kids musical and then it moves into this and and yet at the same time this little kids musical with like a crazy fucking mother who's like literally on the verge of like psychic breaks at every like waking moment (laughs) and then it moves into this like middle thing where like all of these people are trying to pursue this career and it's it's kind of tragic and then it moves into this like striptease thing at the end which is a completely different thing and it's a so it's a really really weird and hard journey that i will say that so i i understand why i don't like it and that's because i think it's i don't know how you know it was it was it opened on broadway in 1959 with ethel merman as mother rose jerome robbins directed the only other name i recognized was uh, jack klugman who starred as quincy when i was a child in a tv show do you remember quincy he was like a forensics uh, doctor I, yes, or I something, I think. I didn't watch it, but yes, I remember it like being on. I didn't really either, but he was also in The Odd Couple, <clears throat> the film. So yeah, it was written in 59. You know, I get it. It wasn't It wasn't about realism. It, there was a spectacularness to it. It was like Hello, Dolly. It was like all these things, you know, these sort of classic movie musicals that we've been talking about a little bit. Um, so I get well, why. And, and like vaudeville wasn't like Annie. that. It wasn't vaudeville wasn't that long time-wise prior to right prior to exactly being developed. but then like, by like the now, time vaudeville is like you know we're talking like a hundred years yes, ago, so. yes 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 so um a little bit more history things uh it didn't show up on the west end until 73 and it looks like that production was basically the first broadway revival in 75 which also starred angela lansbury and was directed by arthur lorenz there have been three broadway revivals since 1989 with Time Daly, Daly. 2003 with Bernadette Peters and Tammy Blanchard, who was currently starring as Audrey in um, Little Shop of Horrors off Broadway just now that we saw, we both saw, uh, directed by Sam Mendes, which I thought was fascinating. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that. The aforementioned dreadful Lupone vehicle in 2008. (laughs) Uh, the West End has had only one revival in 2015 featuring Amelda Staunton. A quick circle back. She's the one who played Mrs. Lovett in the Sweeney Todd I saw in London. Oh. Amelda Staunton. And she's really fucking good. So I, I heard that she was great in that Gypsy. Oh, you did? Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, fun fact, the 2008 production closed two months early due to a decrease in ticket sales despite winning three Tony Awards. So, just, you know, there has never been, I think there has never been a production of Gypsy, I'm pretty sure I read this, that actually made a profit. Really? Yeah, which is pretty interesting, isn't That's it? That's shocking. Huh. So here are some of the songs that I think probably everybody knows. Let me entertain you. Some people, everything's coming up roses together wherever we go, which I think sometimes is just called together. Really? Oh, I or just always maybe know this. together. You, the whole know. thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but. And then roses turn. Um, there's probably other songs that you know that I, that are just not like in my, you know, oh, lexicon. All, all I need is the girl. All I need like is the girl. Okay. Did you, did you list that one? I don't. I didn't. Okay. No. Nope. I love that song. Nope. Nope. Um, if mama was married, did you list that? 
Ugh, that is one of the most ridiculously I oh my god I hated that song so much I'll gladly support you I'll even escort you and I'll gladly give you away oh mama get married today uh, oh my god what's wrong with you wait you said gotta have a gimmick right no, I also hated that song so much. What? Oh, my God. Oh, this makes and, me so sad. And this is, by the way, this is like, I just watched this Bette Midler movie. Okay, let me finish. Let me go on. Yeah. Okay, I've got a few more things to say. So so this is what my, my I feel like this is my biggest problem with the show, is that you have this massive I want song, right? Which I only learned about recently. Um, and which is obviously like an insanely great song. It's, I mean, Some People is a great song. But... The way that the the way that it's written and the journey that the character goes through, you're like, she's already like lost it. She's like, she doesn't have any reality or sanity left. She's too crazy too soon. Hmm. That that's how I feel. And then in the second act, when they sing together wherever we go, and you're like, what? You're fucking following around this nutcase mother who's literally on the verge of, like I said, a psychic break every waking moment and is incredible denial about who she is, how she affects people, the, her finances, dragging people to and fro. And like uh, suddenly you're all singing this song about like it feels like you have like been zapped into like another dimension and you or you're on like some sort of mushroom trip. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Wherever we go. Whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together. We may not go far, but sure as a star, wherever we are, it's together. It made me so angry, and I was like, <laughs> it just reminded me that it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't just Patti Lapone, it was also just the musical. I was mm. just like, I don't, I, I don't get this. Um, you know, I was like, why isn't that song in the first act when they're all kids and they could actually be convinced of something? But like, they're, it's just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And it's weird. And, you know, I get also, like I said, it's it's basically a true story. They were trying to sort of hit these major plot points. And, the, and it is interesting. Like, the plot is interesting. But I just don't get it. Hmm. Okay. I mean, sorry. I mean, nope. dramatically speaking... I'm laughing because, like, I, I you have some very valid points, um, and I don't I don't really have like that strong feelings about this show. Like, I've always en- I've always enjoyed it, but you know, just for like the aforementioned songs, it's always like a you know, it's always like a vehicle for like a major diva, right? Uh, right? So right? It's always which just I get, like which I totally- fun to me, and then like the and then like her breakdown at the end, like I just love that music. Um, so and- I've never really like like you know like done a deep dive and really like thought too much about like the clunkiness of the story or the characters. I'm always, you know, and I think my first real major introduction to it was that, that 93 Bette Midler. Um, and I, I enjoyed it for all of the same reasons. It was just like, I like this music and I love Bette Midler. This is fun. It was, it's a very, I've had a very um, surface relationship with Gypsy. It's it's interesting that that was your introduction because I thought I was like okay well I'm going to watch this because of course I mean I you know as we've talked about I love Bette Miller deeply so I assumed that that would let me know for sure how I felt about the musical but I have to say that um I thought that vehicle was not very good for her I didn't think that she did a great job and it was interesting because mm. I said it feels like she's in Hocus Pocus and then John looked it up and it was filmed the same year and I I, I said like it was like it reminded me of like when we did Monomoy Theater and we were in like rep and you were like rehearsing something in the morning and something else in the afternoon and then performing something in the evening I was like it feels like she was rehearsing Hocus Pocus in the morning and then shooting Gypsy at night because it is she is a much better performer yeah, that I feel like she'd be better with her. it now than yeah. Oh, like she wasn't. Yeah, I feel like she would do a much better job with it now. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always, but I, I, I equally blame the director because I think that you know, obviously, she was Bette Miller, so she could do whatever she wanted. But yeah. someone should have been like, let's bring it back a little bit. You know, <laughs> let's just bring it back just a bit. I but totally I forgot did... that. I totally forgot that Christine Ebersol was in the, um, in the movie. 
Yeah, she's oh. like one of the two and gotta have a gimmick. <gasps> oh. I totally forgot about that until I like recently maybe you, rewatched it. You know what, like, John? Oh my God, John said that. Okay, I have three like crazy facts that are all about the movie. Um, first of all, the the film and it, it was a made for TV thing, but it was one of the first musicals to have live singing. Not for all this, not for all of it, but for some mm-hmm. of the songs, there was actually live singing, which I thought was really interesting. Well. Wow. Okay, these are two things that you don't remember. You remember Christine Ebersol, yeah. and I do too now that you mention it. But guess who played um, uh, Baby June? Baby June. Baby June. I don't know. Like the young. The, the young, young the young June, yeah. Oh, like, I don't know. It's supposed to be the star, right? Lacey yeah. Chabert of late 80s no. party of five yeah lacy chabert no this isn't even the best one you're gonna fucking die when you find out who played baby louise do you have any I, idea i feel like it would be hard to top lacy chabert oh, this tops it in such a way like similar to like the fucking um Alyssa milano and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, molly ringwald molly the ringwald. second national yes. tour of annie <laughs> yes baby louise was played by one of the most popular and famous actresses of our to, of today for now. certain of this time right now and that is elizabeth moss what? elizabeth moss was baby fucking louise in the 1993 bet midler version oh of gypsy you have that to look it up it's random it's and isn't bizarre. it it's completely well, insane. It's completely insane. So, huh. so, 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 I already said what I felt about the Bette Miller version. I did say that I listened to some of the original soundtrack with Ethel Merman, and I was more interested. And I think it's because, like I said, like we talked about with Annie, and like we talked about with this, it's such a product of its time. And there's something about how it sounds old that I forgive it. Some of it's mm-hmm. like clunky storytelling and things that don't make any sense to me because it feels like, oh, you know, it's like historic or, or does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So um, that's that's how I feel about Gypsy. I mean, I could talk a lot more about the story, but I think you understand what I mean, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, though, you are trying to, even though I feel like this was not intentional, but you're trying to antagonize me. Be, because everything that you pick that you dislike has a Stephen Sondheim connection. So this was a musical with lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Oh. Oh, oh I didn't say that. <laughs> Shit, I didn't, say, didn't say any say of that it. stuff. No, which I'm like, it needs to be said. <laughs> oh, thank you. Who wrote it? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Jules Stein, oh, lyrics right, right, right. by Stephen Sondheim in a book by Arthur uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, okay. Lawrence, okay. Lawrence. Oh, God. I think it's Arthur um, Lawrence. Okay. Arthur I, Lawrence. I believe you. Oh, I don't know. Oh, we'll have to circle back on that one. Um, but yes, lyrics by the one and only Stephen Sondheim. So. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting so far. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm looking forward to future opportunities to possibly, me. possibly, well, of course, antagonize you. Yeah. But possibly also challenge that. This was um, similar to your uh, inclusion of Sweeney Todd. This was on my long list but on my list of musicals that i like it was yeah really yeah yeah <sighs> so, so i am disappointed i will say i know but actually now that you say some of the things that you say <laughs> like, it was pretty lo- it was pretty low on my list of of likes like and, and i i said i admit it it's been a very surface relationship that i've had uh, all right well that's fair with the show as a whole but but, it, but it's I not did. like you're going to come back like you could come back someday and be like my my one of my like musical is Sweeney Todd and this is why like you could defend it. But now oh, yeah. you yeah. would not do that with this. You would not do that with Gypsy. that is true. Although I would definitely have no qualms seeing a production of Gypsy like tomorrow. OK, OK. Like I just it's enjoy like it's enjoyable to me. That's fair. That's fair. I will say I took a hard pass on the the uh, the Bernadette Peters version. Oh, I just didn't. I didn't. Even though I love her, like I just didn't, you didn't see, see her in that role. And then, like, she didn't necessarily get a lot of good, you know, notices, press, and notices on it, which kind of like solidified my reticence in seeing okay, it. Okay, um, okay, yeah. So I did. I did take a pass on that. But uh, uh, okay, should we? Should we move on? Let's move on. Oh. 
I'm reasonably certain you'll never see Gypsy on stage again. I am reasonably <laughs> certain. I was trying to think like, okay, so who would have to be in oh, Gypsy? Yeah. What um, if Bette Miller was going to do it now? Well, that would be that would be very challenging for sure to not. But I don't think she would. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have to be someone like that, you know. Oh, wait a second. Cher is I Gypsy. Curtain up. I Can't didn't mention that apparently there was uh, there. I mean, I don't know if it's still if this talks are still in in progress, but um, Barbara was supposed oh. to do a film remake. And this <laughs> yes. all started in like 2017. I read that. I was like, that is okay. a hot mess of an idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? A terrible I mean, idea. <laughs> I mean, like, why? You know, like, like, why? I don't. I don't understand it. But yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously now everything is on hold because, you know, we're living in a pandemic. But it, um, it, it, it fascinates me that at the age of, what is she, 72? like two or 73 I think, I yeah think? she's definitely comfortably in her 70s but um yeah, like that I'm she sure would exactly. think that gypsy was the thing she should do i just it's very fascinating, strange fascinating, fascinating. very yeah. strange yeah yeah anyway so okay so talk to me tell me about something that you love okay uh, there were like there were a couple candidates for the next thing I wanted to talk about that I, I my love list as I mentioned before is long. I love I love a lot of musicals. Um, I wanted to talk about this one because it surprises me that I love it as much as I do. So okay. the musical that I love is Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, man, like the disclaimer here is, I am by no stretch of the imagination of the imagination an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. Like, I always tell people in the same breath that I tell them I love Jesus Christ Superstar that I'm completely and utterly convinced he did not write it, just because <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's just no evidence to me that the same human being that wrote every other thing that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote. Wrote Jesus You're like, Superstar. What are the what do they call the people that think that Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like you're like one of I'm those gonna people. Start, it's except... gonna be like Snopes.com. I was like, yeah, Andrew yeah, Lloyd yeah, Webber yeah. did not write Jesus Christ. Jesus Superstar. Christ Superstar. I'm sure you could get people to believe you. Oh yeah, I mean, people, people will believe, believe anything the, these days. People believe the earth is flat. Correct. Okay. They'll believe anything these days. So we could get this going. That's um, a really fun. That's actually a really fun idea. We should we should set up we should set up a website to see if that rumors if that conspiracy theory sticks. Okay, okay, like okay. Trace but, it to this podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, in exactly. Twenty twenty amidst the pandemic. Uh, it's a social experiment. Two bored you know? middle aged gays uh, started when a I was in the. <laughs> when I was in the eighth grade, my reading teacher, Mrs. Parsons, was a fucking brilliant teacher and she had us do a social experiment to try to convince people about a student that didn't exist oh and my so goodness. we would have these little conversations about this guy in different places and see if we could get anyone else to be start talking about this person that didn't exist really and it lasted it lasted like almost three days before wow. finally someone was like wait a second, what's going on? And then whoever just like, it probably, it could have been me, just folded and was like, oh my God, it's a social experiment. You're, he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> just gave it all away. <laughs> wow. Anyway, all so right, yes, so, we could do it. We could do it. All right. So Jesus Christ Superstar, just to give you some of the facts, um, it's a 1970 rock opera with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Tim Rice. It started as a rock opera album musical before its Broadway onstage de debut in 1971. The musical is sung through with no spoken dialogue. This is all per Wikipedia, as usual. The story Wait, and it started on Broadway? No, no, no. It started as the concept album. It right, right, right. started but, as an album. But it started in New York rather than London. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I actually remember reading about the concept album thing, but hmm. I didn't. Why would it start if they were? Because Tim know. Rice is British too, right? Yeah, I know. Am I making that up? I have no. I have no idea. I have, I have no idea. Okay. Gonna, okay. Anyway, 
I assume, right. I always assumed so, but I mean, I guess it's possible he's not. I don't know. Um, the story is loosely based on the gospel's accounts of the last week of Jesus's life, beginning with the preparation for the arrival of Jesus and his disciples in Jerusalem and ending with the, crucifix, uh, the crucifixion. It depicts political and interpersonal struggles between Judas and Jesus that are not present in the Bible. Um, the work's depiction offers a free interpretation of the psychology of Jesus and other characters. Much of the plot centers on Judas, who's dissatisfied with the direction in which Jesus is steering his disciples. So it's just sort of like a top level summary of what's going on. Um, my experience. And what about the? What about like? So, so he, so Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote the music. Tim Rice wrote the lyrics, but who wrote the story? Who decided what oh, who, moment? Like, is there a book? Was there a book writer? Was there a but like, the whole thing? Any other writer? Through, so I don't think so. So they just they just decided on these these musical yeah. moments that yeah. told whatever story that was telling. Nobody else was okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. My experience that would just be an interesting thing to understand their collaboration, you know, oh, like totally. how how that worked. Yeah, I don't know. I at one point, I like this was a many years ago. I did read like a you know like a biography of Andrew Lloyd Webber and stuff, but uh, this was like decades ago. So right, I, right, I, I right, can't, right, right. I can't, I don't really recall uh, much about their working relationship. Um, yeah, so this show, my experience with it, I stumbled upon it. I feel like a lot of time these like love and hate relationships have to deal with what, where was I in my life? And oh, like when course. I first like had an experience with this musical and like, yeah. So this one I kind of stumbled upon by accident. I was bored one summer. Um, I was, tro- I was probably like, this was like summer of like my seventh or eighth grade year. I was trolling through my parents' old vinyl collection and I was like, what's this? Um, and it totally snagged my eye because it's got this really fucking cool graphic. It's just simple white lettering with brown, there's a brown background on the vinyl. Um, and it's this symmetrical logo of two angels. They're connected in a circle and they're bowing oh. to each other, but it's very, it's very subtle. And it was just like inviting in a way. So, um, and it's a like a weird title. It's like Jesus Christ Superstar. You know, it's like, what's that all about? So, so I listened to the entire thing and was like totally obsessed. Um, it was summer. I didn't really have anything better to do. So you were like 13 or 14 yeah. years old. Yeah. And that's when you found it. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And like just on a lark. Like I said, like right, I had right, literally right, right, right. never heard of it. So I was at a school, you know, I was spending most of the time at the local pool, Brookshire Pool, Carmel, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was like hanging, <laughs> I was hanging out with my friend, uh, Tito, which was not his real name, it was his nickname. Um, Were you eating fun dips? Oh, I'm sure. Oh God, love I me some fun, fun dips. dips. I always had to. Get, I always had to get that shit contraband though. We didn't really have like a lot of sugar in the house. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, we like so my friend and I, we got like totally hooked on this thing. We just thought it was catchy and weird and funny. Um, and like over and over, we'd blast this particular part of the the original recording which was just it's really over the top it's like at the end of trial by pilot and like and he screams like die if you want to you innocent puppet and it's like really over the top and then it immediately transitions into these majestic full orchestra opening chords of the title song and it's just over the top like it's just it's just yeah entertaining die if you want to you innocent puppet and you would play this you and your friend Tito would play this yeah I was so weird and wait <laughs> on what like what how are you but was it like a like a significant sort of family room living play yes. uh, record player yeah. so it had yeah. great sound like it it, yeah. it was it was yeah. powerful correct i annoyed okay. people with this quite a bit like, that's amazing that's so amazing. and then it, this obsession with it lasted sort of beyond the summer um and into the following school year um i i was still obsessed with it and like eventually like subjected subjected my entire like friend group at the time to it and then i seen and they also like got into it because you know we were like a bunch of like weird uh, right, theater right, kids right, and everything right. so 
I, and then I remember like inviting a bunch of friends over to my house to watch the night to the to watch the movie, the 1973 film. I'd rented it from the local library because uh, that's what one did in those days. Um, and I was like really excited to see it because this was pre-internet. I had like zero visualization for like what this could possibly entail like, right. from right. the score. Um, Were you like Jesus is hot? Do you mean do I did I think that Jesus was hot? Yeah. Did you think Jesus was hot? I mean, no. So okay. the the film starts with a bunch of hippies yeah. like on a love bus driving to the middle of fucking nowhere in a desert. And I'm like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is going on? In the next two hours were like equally was, I remember like even in eighth grade thinking like exactly how much fucking acid are they, were these people on when they made this movie? It's just like, yeah. I mean, I have to say the movie is like pretty garbage, but like if you haven't yeah. seen it, every, everybody should see it's, it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's worth it's worth, it's worth a watch. Um, yeah. So the first stage production I saw of it, I guess first and only, was um, in the year two thousand. I like had I was like here in New York on an internship, like pretty new New York, and there was a big production at the Ford Center for the Performing Arts starring, I had to look this up, starring Glenn Carter as Jesus and Tony Vincent as Judas. Um, I had I a don't fr- know who either of those people are. Yeah, I wish I could tell you more about them, but okay. I can't. Okay. I was given okay. a, I was given a, I was given a free ticket um, uh, f- from a friend and we, we both were like, well, that was terrible. Um, it's like, to me, I was like, yeah, that didn't work. Even though like I, you know, like I said, I'm obsessed with that like original Right, right, cast right, right. recording. Um, so after that experience, I don't know. I just kind of assume this is not something that could ever be successfully staged. Although, although, like footnote, I you know fast forward to Easter Sunday, twenty eighteen, and the NBC live concert version, um, which they just recently re-aired a couple weeks ago. It had John, for Easter, of for course. Easter, of course. So it had John Legend as Jesus, Sarah Bareilles as Mary Magdalene, and Brandon Victor Dixon as Judas. Um, Who is that? I, uh, like a theater actor. He was amazing. He's okay. amazing. Did you watch okay. it? I didn't watch it. I think we actually have it recorded still, but oh, I should totally never watch watched it. it. I really, okay. really actually liked it. I think it was, you know, a lot of people I've talked to was sort of love it, hate it, I feel like. I mean, John Legend, like, doesn't, like, he can't act. Like, his face, it's just like a blank canvas. He, like, right, has right, right. one particular look, but he's, I mean, he's he sings really well. And, yeah, he, um, he can it, sing. I thought it worked. It was like, set in a really large warehouse. I'm pretty sure in brooklyn um in the set it just worked better because it was like the, it was like the live concert aspect there was like a live audience there and just right, set right. in a big warehouse that just it just it was way better than like a proscenium like a traditional like theater um yeah so what about wait so have there been any major <laughs> revivals of that um uh, i think there's like been a bunch i have to like look up and in... not since we've lived here right oh no you mean like on broadway no no no, the only thing I'm aware of is that like 2001 that I saw that was like it was like garbage. Wait, the 2001 sorry was in was on Broadway or yeah. was it? I thought oh, you yeah, said it was the Kennedy Broadway. Center. No, 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 it was at the Ford Center. Oh. It was here. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Broadway. I don't think it ran very long. It wasn't very good. Okay, okay, okay. And that was the last time. Wow, that's a long time for mm-hmm. a musical that is that famous. Well, because a lot of people are, there. yeah, I, don't, I feel like, yeah, a lot of people say yep. it's not, yep. just not It's just really, very hard to stage. It work, work that well as like a right. staged musical. Um, so yeah, I would want to get into a little bit like why I love this so much. Um, the music is, is like always sort of my thing. Um I love how it marries classical instrumentation with rock music. You've got this like super interesting mix of full on orchestral strings. There's like passages of just like, flute. Um, and then also standard just piano, guitar, bass, percussion. But it it's this, I feel like, true meld of classical and rock music. And it like shouldn't work, but it just, it does. It, um, it, the whole the concept album it starts with like a proper overture um 
And then it hooks you right afterwards with the opening guitar lick of Heaven on Their Minds. The the sort of like dun 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 and that guitar lick is like so fucking catchy. It just like grabs you. Um for me it's sort of like the aural equivalent of oh, shit's about to go down. It just really captures Judas's mood, I think. Um, he's viewing Jesus from afar, sort of anxious and uncertain. If I didn't I mean, hear it, was any- a str- it was a strong take, too, right? It was yeah. a very strong, solid statement that they made, and it was specifically about Judas, and it was a story that people were familiar with. And, totally. You know, like when you talk about all those elements, like structural elements and timing, and like you said, it's. It it is such a product of its time. It also, of course, it's there's this hairness to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of it feels a little yeah. like a little bit like hair and like the hippie thing. And yeah, I think they tried um, to bring that in a little more into the movie, but definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because I remember that beginning of that movie. I had not until you <laughs> talked about it, but then I was like, oh, oh yeah. That, yeah. They basically were like, let's do hair. Because totally. hair, I feel like hair the movie was before, was right? Or was it? I don't know, honestly. Know, I think but so. I definitely I feel like the movie was, was more of a product of its time than yeah, the, yeah, yeah, than, yeah. The, than the album. Um, but yeah, there's like the score has this great mix of ballads and up tempos, and I just there's some really unique stuff in the mix. Like there's this five four meter, and everything's all right. Um, that Mary Magdalene sings the first, you know, her sort of first big moment. The melody and phrasing, it's so natural that you you don't even really notice that it's an atypical meter. But it's like try not to get worried, try not to turn on to problems that upset you oh don't you know try not to get worried try not to turn on to problems that upset you oh, don't you know everything's all right yes i don't know that was like just super interesting to me as a music nerd uh, like how natural when did you start playing the piano when did i start playing the piano i mean uh at age five so Wow. I actually don't sort of remember a time that I didn't like know. Like I sort of learned music, you know what I mean? Like s- shortly after. Like it's amazing to me that you would skills. think, yeah, that you would that you would have that experience and have that awareness, even when you were like that age of listening to something like this. That's that's mm. that's really amazing. Um, yeah. So. The score for me is just like great song after great song with a lot of variety, but it sort of still manages to leave the big payoff for the end, which is the title song, at least for me. It's this like big, funky, audacious, totally insane like pop song that also leaves you wanting more. And it's also like this big pop song positioned directly before the actual crucifix which is totally dark and awful right, and like right. mood appropriate. Um, and then the whole thing ends with John 1941, which is roughly two minutes of gorgeous orchestral music. That is the end of the whole piece. Um, yeah. And so obviously I'm like very geeking out emphatic about this. One more thing I did want to mention on the music is the, is repetition. I think in the score, Andrew Lloyd Webber does a re- a good job of bringing back musical themes and like giving them a little bit of a twist or being like smart about it there's repetition but it's not it's not as overly repetitive repetitive as a lot of his other work like phantom which oh my god it's like basically five melodies over and over and over and you're just like oh my god i got it like stop hammering me over the head which that's sort of like my my major beef with him is I just feel like a lot of times, like it's just overly repetitive, repetitive, his scores. It's um, interesting. Cause I feel like you, when we're working together, like you have so much resistance to, uh, to what are those things called? Reprises. Yeah. And because of that, like, I wonder if that's where that came from. If you were like, if you were like, no, we're going to make not everything gonna, different. I'm not going to be that big of a hack. Right. No, there is a, <laughs> there is a way to use repetition and it is, can be a very powerful tool. And I just, I feel like it has to be done with intention and it needs, you, it needs to be smart. Like it can't just be for the sake of like, 
I want to make sure this melody is people in people's heads when they walk out of the theater. So well, sure, they, sure, 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 like, sure. That's it, that's all. Right, 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 right. But but I'm saying like we have you know our so many of our habits I think are formed by like those mm. guttural responses to yeah. things, and it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that because. I do feel like you've always been really resistant to repetition. So I think that's, I think that's, I think that's an interesting, yeah. I think that's an interesting um, thing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. So the story of this, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but um, it's, it's a, it's sort of a little bit of an odd concept for a musical, at least to me, uh, as, as, as we mentioned, it focuses on the last days of Jesus before his crucifix before his crucifixion. Uh, but it, it really zeroes in on Judas and it makes him a sympathetic character. I feel like a decision like that was like not safe. It's, oh, it's no. controversial, oh. Oh. but like without seeming too deliberate, it's not like, oh, I'm just being controversial right. for the sake right. of being controversial. Like it's actually interesting to me. Yes. Like it, it humanizes these individuals um, that I, you know, prior to listening to the score, I'd really only ever heard about these people in a very sterile fashion. You know, I grew up Catholic and going to Sunday Me school too. every Sunday. Um, like in the song Gethsemane, Jesus is Jesus is questioning directly to his father, aka God, his larger purpose and why he should be sacrificed. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that's some that's some intense shit for 1970. Yeah. And like, you're right, it's not safe. I mean, that's. Yeah, okay. It paints Jesus as like human, not some yeah. blank canvas saint. Um I also think it's interesting the focus on the sort of quote unquote the superstar aspect of this where like Jesus is periodically he's overwhelmed by the press um and the downtrodden that are sort of like clamoring around him. I mean some of it feels almost like now like it's like an indictment of celebrity the celebrity craze press, you know, like Diana, Princess Diana, Amy Winehouse, all of that. Uh, right. At least I was getting that vibe when I rewatched the the NBC telecast. Um, yeah, and, and Judas, uh, one other aside about that character, the Judas death scene, it's like, it's a gut punch to me every single time. There's like this really appropriately frenzied, tortured music that's going on and then and then andrew lloyd weber i still can't believe that i'm like like talking about how much i love an andrew lloyd weber musical so we really need to get back to that snopes situation well we (laughs) yeah exactly 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 (laughs) anyway but like so in the midst of this frenzy tortured music judas is singing he uh andrew lloyd weber suddenly brings beautifully brings back this short reprise of um i don't know how to love him which is originally sung by mary magdalene in its full form and he turns, <clears throat> excuse me, he turns really introspective and sings this lyric. I don't know how to love him. I don't know why he moves me. Uh, he's a man. He's just a man. He's not a king. He's just the same as anyone I know. He scares me so. When he's cold and dead, would he let me be? Does he love me too? Does he care for me? I mean, ugh, just gets me. That Tim Rice lyric. That's intense. Yeah, that Tim Rice lyric, he's a man. He's just a man. It's like it's yeah. It's really simple, but like brutally effective, I think. Oh, so powerful. Yeah, so I just love that this show gives these like religious mystical figures rough edges and emotions. Um, as you know, as an adult, I'm I'm pretty anti-organized religion (laughs) yeah um but i've never really felt like i needed to reconcile my own like personal beliefs about christianity and god with my love for this particular show i actually feel like it's pretty secular which is 
Yeah, probably. It's just odd to me that like many churches have kind of like also embraced it and perform it and that sort of thing. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit divided, right? Some of them do not. Some of them see it as heretical. Heretical? Is that the, how I you want say to say that? that's how you say that word? Okay, yeah. Some of them <laughs> see, say that, and some of them, yeah, totally embrace it. Wasn't there was some like ma- like one of the guys who played this role? I think ended up becoming like super religious and would travel around to churches and like sing this and stuff. Like he Ted like Neely. had long. Ted yeah, Neal- Ted yeah, Neely yeah, yeah. is the one that's like yeah, he's like very much associated with this. Yes, and he, I show. think so. I'm pretty sure that's that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's everything I wanted to say, which was a lot. So thanks for bearing with me on that. Oh, it was. Uh, I very much enjoyed it because I do like this musical, but I don't. I mean, I've seen that movie. I've never seen it in person. I've seen the movie a couple of times, and certainly like clips from the movie many, many times. Probably mm. we watched some of them together. I would imagine. Oh yeah, probably. But, um, but it's it's yeah, it's interesting to especially to hear you talk about like those details. Like I, I, um, and it's also interesting to think about that show as a product of its time. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about, um, Bambi, like a couple of episodes ago or something like Bambi could never happen today. And I'm, I'm like, could, could a show like Jesus Christ superstar come out today in our, the climate that we exist in? Would it be embraced in the same way? I, I don't know. It feels like it, it's it is revolutionary which is maybe you know one of the things again why you like it so much because it was it's yeah but it's rare to me that like both the music hits a home run for me and there's like something about the overall work uh, that's like yeah that i find is like left of center interesting or like yeah like a little controversial or just like not safe but like this yeah this just like, yeah. checks yeah like a lot of boxes which is why i get so frustrated with much of Andrew Lloyd Webber's work well, following that. I mean, it's like, it's like it couldn't be more safe. It, oh, absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's like, how is this the same person? I don't, I don't get it. But it was, it was not the first thing he wrote, though. So, what was the first thing he wrote? Um, it was the I'm first almost, big thing he wrote, though, right? Well, I'm um, yeah, first big, big, big thing. But um, I'm almost positive, other than like little things, that um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> oh, right, 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 He right, definitely right. wrote okay. that before. Before, okay. Jesus Christ, Superstar. Okay, but, but okay, um, yeah. Well, uh, love, hate, um, hate, love, whatever you want to do, we're here for you, and we are Tim Miller and Scott Schneider. No hope. This is our podcast. And um, I guess we're going to keep doing this. I guess we'll keep doing as, this. Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep writing stuff. So we might as well keep talking about stuff. And if you want to listen, just God, God help you. Check God help you and check, <laughs> check that thing every once in a while. Cause it might take, you know, it might not be too regularly. We don't know. We don't know. Depends on how long this thing lasts. But they're going to be guests too. We hope. Oh yeah, we're going to have a guest really soon. I yeah. think we're going to have a guest like that may possibly be, next time. That may be next on the docket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right, we'll have a have a wonderful evening, night. As Christian Slater says in Heather's, "Sayonara." There is-